The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Kwame. Good to be back. Thanks so much for the invitation. Yeah, man. It's my pleasure. It's always great having you on the show. So for those of you who don't remember, let's, let's get an introduction. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, thanks. Uh, I am the host of a podcast called Coaching for Leaders. My work is helping leaders discover wisdom through insightful conversations. And so we do that through the podcast. I also do that through the Coaching for Leaders Academy to help leaders make movement in the direction that's going to serve their organizations, it's going to serve their employees, and ultimately it's going to serve them well in their careers too. Fantastic. Well, great. So yeah, the, the three things we're going to talk about today. Uh, first, managing up. For, for those who don't know, let's discuss what it is. And then how do we do it? And then we're going to end up with how do we do it online? How do we do this in a remote world? So tell us what we need to know about managing up. Well, managing up is a term that we have all used in, in the in the service of, hey, how do I get my boss to do what I want my boss to do, right? And that's how we often think about it. And to the earlier point, it is a bit awkward because we are trying to influence the behavior of the person that ultimately we work for. And so that requires us to tread carefully and to think about mindset a bunch. And, I, and one of the things uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk a bunch about is the mindset around this, because I think mindset makes a big difference on how you approach this conversation and how you attempt to affect change. I also want to say this, Kwame, if I may, that managing up is not about changing your boss or whoever you're trying to manage up to. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I have a hard enough time changing my own behavior <laughs> and trying to change someone else's behavior. Um, if you've ever tried to do that, and I think we all have in uh, marriages, with kids, um, it's really challenging to do. And in the workplace, it's even harder. And it's even harder when it's the person you work for. And so I think that our mindset should not be, hey, I am trying to change my boss's behavior or change something about them. My mindset should instead be, how do I serve my customer? And I can say more about that in just a bit. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and it, and it makes sense. And I know our listeners are not going to be surpri- surprised hearing it's about mindset because it, a lot of times it comes down to that. And just shifting your mindset can lead to the necessary behavior change before you even talk about um, strategy or tactics or anything like that. And I think that's a really interesting perspective that you just introduced, um, thinking about your clients. Can you tell us more about that too? Yeah, my friend Tom Henschel, who is the host of a show called The Look and Sound of Leadership, it's one of my favorite leadership shows, and he's a talented executive coach out here in Southern California. Um, Tom is, uh, has been on my show a number of times, and he has made the point that your boss is your biggest customer, and that you're really there to be able to serve your customer in what your customer needs in order to serve the organization well. And I think that's a really helpful, that's been a very helpful mindset for me and been very helpful for a lot of the leaders in our academy of thinking about, okay, here's my customer. My customer is asking for something, but I'm also here to serve my customer and help them to do well. And I think one of the parts of mindset that's really important for me to think of when I'm trying to influence someone who has more power in the organization is how is that person being measured for their success, their results within the organization? And I think to to start from a mindset standpoint is I'm not here because I'm trying to, I'm not making this request because I'm trying to change my boss. It's not about me feeling comfortable getting things my way. It's about how do I influence this person in a way that is good for them to help them to get the results that they want to get and that is ultimately going to serve the organization well. So thinking about it from the standpoint of I want to serve my customer. If my boss is one of my most important customers, what can I do to serve my customer well? And if I do that, in their interests, that I'm more likely to have success at being being able to influence change and to be able to do it in such a way that's going to be helpful to the organization. I love this. And now we're in a time where we're doing a lot of this online. And so let's say you find yourself in this position where you want to address uh, a situation with your boss, but you're remote. You haven't seen your boss physically in months. And so that disconnect can often create a little bit of awkwardness, especially when you're having difficult conversations. So what changes when we are having these conversations online? I think it's a lot of the things that change online with many of our conversations, which is it's, it's a lot easier in the physical space to hang behind on a meeting for a few minutes or catch someone in the hallway, or to, as an adjunct to a regular meeting, say, you know, I just want to ask you a quick question. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, 
we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. You know, here's something I'm noticing. That's harder online because you have to create the opportunity for that. So I don't think the conversation's much different. And by the way, I don't know if I would, in most situations, set up an entire meeting to talk specifically about the thing you're noticing that's causing a challenge. I think that that is often helpful as a, oh, by the way, as part of a conversation, here's something I've noticed over the last couple of sessions. And that way it comes from a place of curiosity. It's coming from a place of service. It's coming from a place of you wanting to learn. So I'm sure there's exceptions to that, but I think the key is, is finding a place within an existing conversation to bring that in whether it's your one-on-one, whether it's a meeting, uh, whether it's a conference call, whatever it is. And, and the key is to make the space. And that's the hard thing in the online environment because we're all used to, or at least a lot of us are used to, getting to interact informally. So you may have to make that space intentionally. And this could be as simple as, say you're on a Zoom session and you're having a regular interaction with your boss and maybe it's a small team of people, you could say something like, hey, um, hey, Maria, I have a quick something for you to chat with offline. Do you have two minutes after the session? And, that, and then you, you get that two minutes and you say, hey, I just wanted to, to, I'm curious about something. Here's something I noticed last week at our meeting. And, um, and I'm noticing this caused this issue. Hey, I've got a question for you about it. And it could be that simple. But the difference here is you really do have to carve out and make the space for it. And I think you can do that in a way that's, hey, could you stick around for a minute or two or as part of a re- an interaction you're already having? Or maybe there's something else that's part of that meeting too, but you're building it around having that interaction and having that learning conversation. Yeah, I, I really love this approach because it's so simple, right? And again, the more simple it is, the simpler it is, the more likely people are going to execute. But yes. I know there are probably going to be people out there who are skeptical, who are saying, well, it can't be that easy, right? But what if it's harder? What if it doesn't work out? So what happens if this simple strategy doesn't work? What adjustments do we need to make? Then you do the best you can with what you've got with your boss. Um, you're not going to change your boss. You're just not in almost every situation. And if you push back and you fight to try to change your boss, that is probably not going to go well for you in most situations. So um, I think you're better off with a simple, curious learning approach. It shouldn't be that complicated. And I don't think in most situations, there's always exceptions, of course, but I don't think in most situations, it's probably useful 
to book a half hour meeting with your boss and to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated by some of the things you're doing and I want to sit down and really kind of hammer it out with you of what the things you're doing that are causing issues on my team, <laughs> right? That's not the way to approach your customer. If I'm serving a client, I'm not going to set up a meeting with them and, and say, I want to talk through with you all the problems you're causing for me and my organization and how difficult it is to work with you, right? I'm going to approach that from a, you know, here's what's working. Here's what's not. Here's the issues we're running into. And I'm going to set aside my emotion if I'm talking with a client and, um, and we're going to address how do we move forward for them to get the results they want. And that's the same thing I want to do with my boss. So I think keeping it simple is the best way to go. The hardest part of this is setting aside your emotions. And, and, and I think that this is where we can really practice of you know, being able to think about this through the business lens. And this is the, and I say business, Kwame, I'm conscious there are folks in nonprofits and in um, many kinds of organizations listening, but all of us have things we're trying to achieve and results we're trying to aim for. And that's the focus of a conversation. And that's also, by the way, the lens that a lot of senior executives tend to look at things. They tend to look at things less from the lens of emotion, and they tend to look at things more through the lens of numbers and data. There are, of course, exceptions. But if you look at the distribution of executives and their personality preferences, in a lot of organizations, the people that are the data people, the thinkers, tend to be a lot of times in the senior roles. And so when you're running into a tough situation, managing up or otherwise, being able to meet them where they are to speak their language to be able to approach it from the business case is the place I almost always default to start. Right. And really, even if it's not, if, if the person listening here isn't in the business world, you still come from a world where results matter, right? It's just in the business case, oh, it's clear, money, right? Though, pretty easy, right? But other things, there are other outcomes and results that we're going for. And so the question becomes, how does this situation impact the results that we're trying to accomplish, right? And as long as you keep it focused on the results, I think it makes it a lot easier for people to, to accept, especially from the, the boss's perspective, because the, the boss wants to, to meet, those, meet those goals. And it's funny now, as, as the team here at the American Negotiation Institute grows, I'm thinking about them hearing this episode and wondering how they would approach me <laughs> with their concerns. And yeah. now from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense because I might have some kind of emotional tie to doing something a certain way, not necessarily a strategic tie that is narrowly tailored to meet a specific business outcome. And sometimes the, the person who is, is actually doing the work is in the best position to see it. And the, yeah. uh, the boss, just because of that distance, they can't see it the way that you do. And, and this also speaks to mindset too. If I see something that my boss doesn't see, and it is affecting the results of the organization. And by results, I mean cost, quality, or time. Those are the three big ones for almost every organization that we are measuring work on, right? Some version of those three. If I see a problem there, and it's something my boss may be doing that's causing that problem, or the organization isn't addressing, and I see it clearly, and by me being curious, 
and putting the business case in front of my boss and asking some curious questions to learn how we can address that. I think that's a responsibility I have to bring that to the table. So this isn't even a, hey, um, I just want to feel better about how my boss is treating me and all those things. And yeah, that comes along with it from an emotional standpoint. But I think this is a responsibility that we have in order to serve our boss well. Now, if they get that information and they see the, that, those numbers and they say, it's fine, that's their call. They're in charge. Sorry. I mean, that's just the nature of organizations and power and bosses, right? And so then you have to decide like, okay, can I live with that? And I think most of the time in most situations, outside of ethical things, of course, most of us say, all right, you know, I can live with that probably. You know, I just need to adjust my expectations on how I handle this with my boss and my team going forward. Um, but I think sadly, a lot of people don't ever do that. Their boss is doing something that is causing pain in the organization. And by pain, I mean not only emotional pain for people, but it's causing pain as in it's, 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 it's not allowing the team, the organization to perform well on one of those three measures. And they don't know it. They don't see it because they've got a blind spot for whatever reason, or they're not equipped to handle that or whatever. I think we have a responsibility to get that on the radar screen. And if they don't do something, they don't do something. But this is a, a, a good way that helps to get that on the table and have a conversation about it. I love this. Dave, this has been fantastic. And I know the listeners got a lot out of this. And listeners, you're probably saying to yourself, my goodness, don't end the episode. Where can I get more information? Ah, well, it's good that you have a podcast, Dave. So <laughs> can you tell them about the podcast and your academy too? Well, thank you for the kind words. Kwame, if folks want to find out more, coachingforleaders.com is the best place to go or just search for Coaching for Leaders on whatever podcast app you use. And we air every single Monday and have for 10 years now. Fantastic. Dave, thank you again for coming on, my friend. We appreciate it. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.